News of the Times. History News Short. The story of murderous Catherine Hayes. Murder as petty treason. Catherine Hayes was born near Birmingham in 1690 to a poor family by the name of Hall. At the age of 15, Catherine, a pretty and voluptuous young girl, ran away from home and took up prostitution in order to survive. The Newgate calendar relates how Catherine met some officers, accompanied them to their quarters in Worcester and remained with them for some time, indicating possibly a few weeks. At some point, she had a relationship with a local tanner, and Catherine had a son she named Thomas. Information regarding this son is sketchy. We have no information as to where he was raised, but it was not with Catherine. At the age of 23, in 1713, Catherine secured a position as a housemaid to a gentleman farmer by the name of Hayes. Mr. Hayes had two sons, and Catherine quickly managed to seduce the elder son named John, aged 21. They married in secret and lived in a cottage on his father's farm. After a few months, complications arose and the secret marriage had to be confessed to the father, Mr. Hayes. As the relationship had gone on for so long, and with the marriage having already taken place, Mr. Hayes had no other option than to accept Catherine as his daughter-in-law. The marriage. The marriage enjoyed an initial honeymoon phase of roughly six months, and then began to deteriorate. John's father had given John land worth £26 per annum, and had set him up as a carpenter. Catherine was unhappy and became jaded by the lack of activities living in the quiet countryside. In 1719, she finally persuaded John for them to move to London. John set up a business as a coal merchant, pawnbroker and money lender, and also took a house which allowed for all lodgers. His businesses quickly grew, and he was quite successful. Catherine was given an allowance and household servants. The Newgate calendar describes Catherine as being a person whose chief pleasure of her life consisted in creating and encouraging quarrels among her neighbours. Sometimes she would speak of her husband to his acquaintance, in terms of the great tenderness and respect, and at other times she would represent him to her female associates as a compound of everything that was contemptible in human nature. On a particular occasion she told a woman that she should think it no more sin to murder him than to kill a dog. The quarrels with neighbours and Catherine's difficult temperament meant several moves in and around London. In 1725, Catherine persuaded John into taking 
in a lodger. John agreed. The first lodger that was accepted was an 18-year-old Thomas Billings, a tailor. This lodger was in fact none other than Catherine's illegitimate son from her relationship with the tanner long ago. Catherine began an incestuous affair with her own son. Neighbours reported that Catherine and her son were in the habit of feasting themselves at the expense of her husband. On one occasion, when John was temporarily away from town, her proceedings were so extravagant that the neighbours deemed it right to make her husband aware of the fact, and on his return he remonstrated with her on the subject, when a quarrel took place which ended in a fight. It has been supposed that it was at this time that Catherine started to formulate her plan to murder her husband with the help of her lover, her son. Around this time, they took in an additional lodger, Thomas Wood, a friend of her husband, John. Catherine began an affair with this new lodger as well. Catherine began to work to get the second lodger, Thomas Wood, involved in her murderous plot. He was initially shocked and opposed to any participation in the proposed crime of killing his friend and benefactor, but Catherine was persuasive. Her arguments included that her husband was an atheist, that he had killed two of his own children, and that the £1,500 which would fall to her at his death would be at his disposal upon her husband's death. Thomas Wood eventually agreed the murder. On the 1st of March, 1726, John was convinced to start drinking with the two lodgers where they indulged in drinking games to see who could drink the most and remain sober. Catherine is reported to have ensured that the alcohol flowed freely, the Newgate calendar reports. When he had taken a considerable quantity of the wine, he danced about the room like a man distracted, and at length finished the whole quantity. But not being quite yet in a state of absolute stupefaction, his wife sent for another bottle, which he also drank and then fell senseless on the floor. Having lain some time in this condition, he got up with much difficulty into another room and threw himself on a bed. It was agreed between the three conspirators that this was the perfect time to enact their plan to kill John. Thomas Billings, Catherine's son, went into the bedroom and struck a blow with an axe into John's head, which fractured his skull. Still alive, John Wood, John's former friend, finished the job with two more blows of the axe, and John was dead. From the Newgate Calendar The murderers three now consulted on the best manner of disposing of the body, so as most effectually to prevent detection. Catherine proposed to cut off the head because if the body were found whole, 
it would be more likely to be known, and on the villain's agreeing to this proposition, she fetched a pail, lighted a candle, and all of them went into the room. The men then drew the, the body partly off the bed, and Billings, supporting the head whilst Wood, with his pocket knife, cut it off, and the infamous woman held the pail to receive it. Being as careful as possible that the floor might not be stained with the blood. This being done, they emptied the blood out of the pail into a sink by the window and poured several pails of water after it. When the head was cut off, Catherine recommended boiling it till the flesh should part from the bones, but the other parties thought this operation would take up too much time, and therefore advised throwing it into the Thames, in expectation that it would be carried off by the tide and would sink. This agreed to. The head was put into the pail, and Billings took it under the greatcoat. Billings and Wood left the house and threw the head into the dock, expecting it would be carried away by the stream. They then returned to the house to deal with the rest of the body. Their initial thought was that the body should be placed, packed up in a box and buried. They found that the box that they had was too small, so they looked into dismembering the body to make it fit. This also didn't work for them, so they wrapped the body parts into a blanket which was carried outside of the house by Billings and Wood and thrown into a pond. From the Newgate Calendar In the meantime, the head had been discovered, and the circumstance of murder having been committed being undoubted, every means was taken to secure the body of its perpetrators. The magistrates, with this view, directed that the head should be washed clean and the hair combed, after which it was put on a pole in the churchyard of St Margaret's in Westminster, and that an opportunity might be afforded of its being viewed by the public. Thousands went to witness this extraordinary spectacle, and there were those amongst the crowd who expressed their belief among themselves that the head belonged to Hayes. The suspicion was mentioned by some of them to Billings, but he ridiculed the notion and declared that Hayes was well and was only gone out of the town for a few days. Meanwhile, Mr Hayes was not being visible for a considerable time. His friends started making inquiries after him, and a Mr Ashby in particular who had been on the most friendly terms with him, called on Catherine and demanded what had become of her husband. Catherine's complicated and rather dramatic story regarding the whereabouts of her husband did not convince him. He and a friend approached the magistrate with their suspicions. The magistrate reacted immediately and pounded on Catherine's door demanding that she open the door immediately or it would be broken down. Catherine was found hastily dressed and her son, Thomas Billings, half-naked, sitting on the bed. They were arrested and placed in separate locations for examination the following day. The other conspirator, Thomas Wood, 
had left town temporarily. The following day at Catherine's questioning, Catherine requested to see the head from the Newgate calendar. It being thought prudent to grant her request, she was carried to the surgeon's and no sooner was the head shown to her that she exclaimed, Oh, it is my dear husband's head. It is my dear husband's head. She now took the glass in her arms and shed many tears while she embraced it. Mr. Westbrook told her that he would take the head out of the glass and she might have a more perfect view of it and be certain that it was the same. She seemed to be greatly affected, and having kissed it several times, she begged to be indulged with a lock of the hair, and on Mr. Westbrook expressing his apprehension that she had had too much of his blood already, she fell into a fit. On the same morning of the same day, the body of John Hayes was discovered by a gentleman and his servant who were crossing some fields. They saw something lying in a ditch, and on going nearer to it, they saw that it was some parts of a human body. The magistrates were called in, and the information was sent on that a body without a head had been discovered. It was decided that the prisoners would be held until the other suspected accomplice, Thomas Wood, would be secured. A few days later, Thomas Wood came riding into town looking for Catherine and was immediately detained. He was told of the body and having been found and signed a confession of the murder, he relayed his guilt and how he had not had a moment's peace since he had helped to commit the crime. Thomas Wood was conducted to prison and had to be protected from the violence of the crowd by eight soldiers with bayonets. A coroner's inquest opened on the 16th of April, 1726, where it brought in a verdict of willful murder and naming Catherine Hayes, Thomas Billings and Thomas Wood as the prime suspects. The crime was a sensation and was considered exceptionally shocking for the day. The newspapers of the day shouted out the lurid, details and it became a major news story across England. The trial. Catherine Hayes, Billings and Wood were all held to trial at the Old Bailey before the Lord Mayor and several other judges. Catherine Hayes was indicted for petty treason. Thomas Billings and Thomas Wood were indicted for murder. Both Billings and Wood conceded their guilt. Catherine's defence was that she had not taken any part in the actual killing of her husband, so she was not guilty. The jury of twelve men easily convicted all three as guilty. Both Billings and Wood were sentenced to be hanged at Tyburn and afterwards gibbeted. Catherine, having been found of petty treason, was sentenced to be drawn to Tyburn on a hurdle and there to be burned at the stake. All three relayed great distress regarding their sentencing. Whilst waiting for the sentences to be carried out, Thomas Wood died in prison from jail fever. 
Catherine demonstrated little remorse for the crime. Her real concern was the method of execution she had been sentenced to. Whilst awaiting execution, Catherine confessed her crimes to the prison reverend, but protested strongly the severity of the sentence, saying regarding her husband that it was no more sin to kill him than a dog or a cat because of his cruel usage he gave her and his blasphemous expressions which he too frequently used. Catherine attempted to obtain some poison to kill herself to avoid being burned at the stake, but this plot was discovered. The Executions The execution was set for May the 9th, 1726, and drew a huge crowd, not unexpectedly given the salacious details of the murder. Thomas Billings, along with the other convicted felons of the time, had the nooses placed around their necks before loading them into the cart where they sat on their own coffins. Catherine was tied to a hurdle. For those unfamiliar, a hurdle is similar to a woven branches tied together to make a type of fence, which was then tied to a horse and drawn or dragged to Tyburn, the place of execution. The men arrived and each had their noose secured whilst they remained on the cart. The cart was then moved on leaving each man suspended until death. Catherine was made to watch their deaths. Once the men, including her son, had died, Catherine was taken from the hurdle and tied to a stake and secured by means of an iron chain around her body. A cord was placed around her neck and passed through a hole in the stake, and this would allow the executioner to pull her head back against the post and to strangle her as a mercy to being burnt alive. Two cartloads of dry wood were piled around her, and the fire was lit. She begged to be strangled before the fire reached her. The executioner attempted to pull the cord to strangle her, but the flames blew too high. Flames engulfed Catherine. Three loud screams were heard from her, and then she felt silent. It took three hours for her body to be reduced to ashes. Thomas Billings' body was gibbeted and placed on display not far from where Catherine's husband's body had been found. Murder as petty treason. Although it sounds minor compared to the word murder, petty treason was actually a very serious crime. The Petty Treason Act of 1351 encompassed the killing of a master by a servant, or the killing of a husband by his wife, or the killing of a religious superior by a religious inferior, such as a clergyman. Petty treason was considered a much more severe crime with an accompanying much more severe sentence. Rather than just being executed by hanging in the usual way, a woman who was convicted of petty treason was burned at the stake up to 1793. The offence of petty treason was abolished in 1828. 
This concludes this News of the Times episode of the story of murderous Catherine Hayes. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, please subscribe and tell your friends. Subscribing really helps us. We're aiming for a thousand subscribers. There's no cost to you and it really helps to support us. Just tap on the subscribe button that pops up if you've not already done so. We upload longer Regency or Victorian crime stories three times a week with shorter Victorian stories on other days to give a flavour of the times. For our podcast listeners, you can see this podcast with the associated pictures on our YouTube channel at News of the Times. You can find the link in the show notes. Thank you again for watching and listening. This has been News of the Times, and I am Robin Coles.